Thank you for tuning in to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, TK. Today, you've reached the podcast for restaurant professionals, both new and tenured. Here, we learn about the ins and outs of creating high-performing teams, building on your career, and operating highly profitable restaurants. Today's episode is about uh, more conflict resolution, and really, it's about um, this class I took called Solving Without Sorry. Enjoy the episode. Solving without sorry. This episode is going to be pretty lengthy. Um, it's going to be about basically how to solve issues without saying you're sorry. This is going to be applicable to every single person that's listening to this. So buckle up. You're at the home, gym, car. Take mental notes. Uh, you're going to get a lot from this. So before we start, I want to uh, give credit to Ken Clark. Um, this is... Um, a class and course that he teaches over in Little Rock, Arkansas. If you are nearby, reach out to him. He does great work. Um, so the first thing we're going to do is, if you're driving, don't do this, but if you're at home or somewhere where you can text, take out your phone. Go to your text messages. Scroll to the first person that you have a reason to be thankful for this week. Text them your version of this sentence. Thank you for being you. Do that four more times. And if you need to pause this podcast to do that, do that right now. Let's talk about the truth about conflict. Um, conflict, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go. Grocery store, home, work, on the internet, right? It's not going to go away. Our existing methods of coping as people they're not eliminating the conflict most of the time they're just covering it up and it's having a massive impact on the outcomes that matter such as business outcomes right conflict wears a lot of disguises besides shouting and arguing you know conflict can look like uh, someone cutting in line in the grocery line um, another example of conflict, if you and your spouse fight about whether or not you want to park next to the cart buggy or not, right? That's my per- that's my favorite spot to park. My wife hates it. Conflict comes in different forms. Being able to understand which forms they come in will help you to strategize how to resolve it. Let's talk about conflict in your PNL. As restaurant tours. Restaurant managers, you're responsible for a profit and loss statement. On average, 2.8 hours per week per employee are lost due to conflict. That's servers chatting about the drama they had at home. That's um, you know cooks fighting in the back because one doesn't understand the other. $359 billion in wasted labor costs. of employees have missed work to avoid conflicts. As I said in an earlier episode, you probably have had that boss that where you do anything, get out of the ship that they're on. This is an example. People are, don't like conflict naturally. 15% of resignations rank this as one of the top factors is a conflict between them and a supervisor. That's wild. 
Think about 15% retention increase. If you can get rid of most of the conflict in your restaurant and you can retain 15% more people, thousands of dollars saved. Here's some more interesting facts. 60% of employees have never received any conflict training. In fact, I guarantee in your MIT program that you went through as a manager, you probably didn't go over conflict resolution either. 95% of those who receive just one hour of training in conflict resolution report it to be extremely helpful. Now, let's go over some personal conflicts and how they affect the workplace. So 50% of employees report being distracted due to conflict at home. 47% of workers report stealing time to deal with personal conflicts. And 16% of employees report missing work to handle personal conflicts. That's wild. Crazy. 47% of workers report stealing time to deal with personal conflicts. Now we go into love. 75% of marriages end in divorce or are in a constant state of conflict. 90% accuracy in prediction of divorce based on the styles of conflict that happen between you and your spouse. 69% of couples' conflict is around unresolvable perceptual differences between each other. Personalities don't match. Some more conflict statistics. 50% of all parent and adult child relationships have open wounds. I can testify to that. Parents suffer consequences of conflict at a greater rate than kids. And 27% of families have an estranged member with unresolved conflict. Do these resonate to you? Look at your P&L. Where do you see conflict hitting your P&L? What's your emotional energy right now? Do you feel like some of these statistics have spoken to you? If so, this is the course for you. It really is. Um, five. I'm going to give you five tools. Okay? Five easy tools. One, off-ramps, which is your leading. Number two, you're listening to any hurt, fear, needs. Three, healing. Four, selling. Five, retaining. The number one myth about conflicts is blocked messages are the source of unresolved conflict. Especially with COVID, when we had masks on, I feel like co conflicts arose at a higher rate than prior. And one thing that I've learned is most of the time, conflict is due to communication issues. Now, with that said, that's not the only reason, especially when you talk about people being stuck, right? Getting unstuck is usually about getting on the same page. That's a misconception. Another misconception, defensiveness is a trait that only some people struggle with. Everybody is defensive. 
Now, this is called the content fallacy. What I'm saying is so clear and so simple. If you're not agreeing with me, you're either not listening or you don't care. That's the universal struggle. You don't understand what I'm saying. That's the universal struggle. When in your mind, something that may seem so clear and so precise and simple may be the complete opposite to the other person. Everybody is different. Everybody requires a different level of communication and a different level of resolve. Now, the person with the complaint, they're not hearing sorry, that word. So they're going to double their efforts to generate conviction, which at the end of the day, it just exponentially decreases their chances of hearing it. They're looking for sorry. You're, as a leader, need to learn how to solve it without saying sorry. Sorry is such an easy route to go out of. And what does it solve? It doesn't solve anything. It's just a word. A five-letter word that really has no meaning, no matter when you say it, unless there's action behind it. Now, you may ask, what if the quest for conviction, not poor communication, is the problem? What if the person seeking out the sorry, what if that expectation is the problem? So let's talk about conflict at a surface level. And there's five progressive steps of conflict that happen. One, the complaint is shared between two people. Two, there's deflection, and immediately defensiveness begins. Three, sorry, I said that real loud. Three, aggression increases when the complaint feels unheard. Typically, when the complaint is shared, the opposing party, if they're not emotionally in control, they will immediately become defensive and start blaming it back on the complainant. At that point, aggression increases. Number four, shutdown occurs. As soon as somebody does not get their way, they shut down. They don't care what else you have to say. They don't care what you're trying to explain. They didn't hear sorry, and that's what they came here for. And then number five is distancing and avoidance. Completely avoiding each other. So let's say you walk away from that meeting not resolved. Think about the next few shifts, how much you're going to dread it. In fact, that person may quit because they just don't want to deal with it. Now, in today's day and age, that is more probable than being an adult and coming and talking. And unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. And as leaders, it is our role and responsibility to ensure that those conversations take place, people don't irrationally quit and make business decisions on their emotions. Now, let's 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 do a quick little x-ray. So that first one was the surface level. Going deeper into it with rejection. Okay? One relational disappointment is shared. Two Fight, flight, or freeze begins. Three, survival mode starts for both people. And survival mode is so interesting for people. And what their quote-unquote lizard brain goes to whenever an, a high-stress situation comes on board like conflict. 
Number four, they concede or quit. And then last, number five, failed conflict. Failed conflict avoids the next conflict. And it just keeps building up. Do you recognize these cycles? I do. What part of that is your biggest struggle? I think for most people, I think that lies um, between number two and number three when the defensiveness begins and when the aggression increases and survival mode is activated. I think most people do not have control over their emotions enough to make a good, sound, logical resolve. Me too. I get that way sometimes too with certain situations. It happens to all of us. No one is exempt. Now, you've learned the cycle. Let's talk about the tools. Okay, the first tool that I'm going to give you is leading conflict with off-ramps. So, whenever a complaint is shared, the next thing you want to say is, okay, how do we go back to normal? Now, before you share the content of the complaint, it's important you ask that question. And it's best used when change is more important than a sorry. Here's some examples. Hey, John, I need to have a hard conversation with you. It'll be over when I'm able to hear that you understand me and that this problem will be fixed. Or here's another example. I'm about to tell you a change I need in your behavior, and I'll be fine as soon as you're able to show me that you're an adult enough to take those initiative steps. See, you've gave them, as a complainant, a solution before you even gave them a problem. And neither of those solutions were you looking for the word sorry. So next time when you sit down with a subordinate and you know you're about to give a performance talk and it's not a good one, make sure you start out with an off-ramp. Highly, highly important of changing the tone and the direction of the conversation you're about to have. Most conflict, it's driven by the need to resolve one of three negative emotions. That's either hurt, fear, or need. And most conflicts, they get stuck on the symbolic details. Who, what, when, where, how, and why. Now, validation without agreeing is the number one misconception as a listener. Validating does not mean you agree with the facts. It means that you value and you understand that someone is hurt, they're afraid, or they are in need of something. You are listening. You are not agreeing with that person. Which leads me into my tool number two, hurt, fear, need, HFN. Almost all complaints can be explained in one of those three. Recognizing which one will help you reestablish connection and safety between you and someone who is angry or frustrated. And how you do that is, A, one, can you clarify for me? Is this mostly a hurt, fear, or need? 
or I see that you're hurting. You're important to me. I don't want you to feel that way. Or I feel I see that you're in fear. Okay. Now here are the antidotes, right? If someone is hurt, they want comfort. Okay. They don't care about collaborating with you if they feel like you hurt their feelings. Fear. The antidote to fear is reassurance. Reassure them that something is fine, right? If they come to you and they're afraid for losing their jobs, if they accidentally mess up another ticket, reassure them that's not going to happen. Just pay a little bit more attention next time. Sorry, I hit the mic. The last one is need. Now, that antidote is collaboration. Most of the time when someone needs something, they need to collaborate on it, okay? Man, we've went through a lot today. We're almost done, y'all. We're about halfway through. Can you think of any complaints where you did not feel valued or you did not feel that your hurt, fear, or need is recognized? Man, what would a difficult conversation sound like if you let it valuing their hurt, fear, need? Again, complete tone changer of the conversation. Now, what if we make progress on big conflicts without anyone having to be wrong, worse, or first? What if sorry wasn't a requirement to show someone you care? To de-escalate, these are the four elements of healing. And you need to know, one, I'm heard. Two, I matter. Three, I'm not crazy. And four, I can hope for better. Now, let's talk about another circle here. And this is over um, collaborating. Okay? Hurt, fear, need. Healing. So step one, the complaint is shared. Step two, the HFN, hurt, fear, need, is mirrored. You're heard. Number three, your value is confirmed. You matter. Number four, concede or quit occurred. And then number five, failed conflict avoids the next conflict. Now you notice those last four still happen. However, this tool that I'm about to give you is incredibly effective with highly emotional and personal conflicts that's stuck in a loop. It cares for the person without you having to accept the blame and make the solution a team effort. And that's called MVEP. Mirror, value, empathize, problem solve. These four elements are the elements of healing. Next is the theory of mirroring. So to mirror, it's pretty crucial to end the cycle of someone repeating themselves. It answers the nagging question of, am I being heard? And it stops excessive explanation that can sidetrack discussions. The technique is this. The goal is this, is to simply reflect the facts of the complaint aloud in one to two, two sentences. You're asking a yes or no question about whether you're hearing their hurt, fear, need correctly. And keep retrying until they say, yes, that is my complaint. For example... Susie, I want to make sure I'm clear. Your problem is the fact that Julie keeps getting off at 1 o'clock and you keep getting off at 1.30. Is that correct? And you keep asking those questions until you completely understand. 
one that's going to validate, remember, validate their complaint. Two, you're going to understand really truly where, where they're coming from. And three, you're going to look like a great listener. And the solution that you have is going to be even better. The next one is value. So we just went over mirror value. Make it clear that I would never want you to feel that way because you're my best server, right? This is about correcting a belief of unimportance and reclaiming them as a priority. Express joy about them, but express grief about the situation. The next one is empathize. Empathizing shows that they're not alone since you identify with their feelings. It soothes their fear of, do you think I'm crazy? Because somebody is going off the walls about an issue or conflict that most people wouldn't react to. Restores connection, and it's often the closest we will get to being on the same page is when you empathize with someone. And here's a technique is, you know, ask yourself, is it hurt, fear, or need that they're feeling? And then match it to something similar you've actually felt in your life. Now, there are going to be situations where maybe you don't have an exact, you know, experience. Get this closest thing to it. Put it in your brain and your heart. And when you do that, you're going to subconsciously send out these signals, these communication signals to the complainant that you do understand. Now you want to say it aloud is you know that feeling and you know it doesn't feel good. You're getting on their level. And the last one is problem solving. So conflict cannot go away unless there's some progress on the symbolic issue. A willingness to be a part of the solution addresses the larger hurt or fear in the relationship. And it addresses the questions of, will this ever actually change? Now, you need to ask yourself this question is, what can I consider doing to be part? What can I consider doing to be part of the solution? When have I done it right? And when have I done it wrong? Now, if your complainant isn't sure about what they need, when have I done it right is a great question to ask. Do not promise to change, but do promise to consider what change looks like. And don't say that out loud, guys. Don't say, I'm not going to promise to change, but I do promise to consider what a change looks like. No. Promise that you will look into it. You will do your best. So those are the four elements of healing, and those are you've been heard, you matter, you're not crazy, and you can hope for better. Okay, you can and you should say sorry when you really feel compelled. But which sorry is more powerful, before or after MVEP? Mirror values, empathize, and problem solving. Ding, ding, ding. The one after. That's right. Absolutely. So let's talk about real quick about sales retention and MVEP and how you can use it to increase the sales in your restaurant. Most consumers and employees have active complaints about their experience. And most don't feel heard, valued, understood, and partnered with. MVEP is such a great tool because it can quickly be taught to salespeople, managers, and recruiters 
to increase conversion and retention rates. When I have a bad experience at a restaurant and I don't feel mirrored, valued, empathized, and there's no problem solving going on, probably never coming back. But if a manager comes out and they mirror my complaint, they make me feel valued, they empathize with me, and they give me a solution, I, you may have just had a customer for life. And that's the same way with you and your employees. If you apply MVEP to your normal employee conflicts, not only are you going to resolve the problem long term, but two, you're going to create such a strong bond between you and that person because you shared that experience of conflict and you both came out of it more adult than you were before. That is so, so impactful in creating relationships in your restaurant. And then tool number four is MVEP slash S. Re-express your value propositions for both customers and employees through the lenses of MVEP. How does your brand demonstrate MVEP as an answer to dissatisfaction? Many of you may have customer complaint cycles, such as maybe one, you offer them something for free, number two, this. No, MVEP is going to cover all of that, and it's going to make you look like a rock star. And the last topic I want to talk about is gratitude versus fear. Here's this quote, to be loved without being liked means you're being tolerated. And gratitude and fear, they come from two different parts of your brain. Gratitude comes from your prefrontal cortex and fear comes from amygdala moments. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. I'm not very great at pronouncing things. Uh, uh, if we're left to guess about a confusing interaction, we usually guess negatively. Don't we? We're human. It's what we do. Deliberate gratitude campaigns can greatly lower the potential for conflicts with customers, employees, and loved ones. Here's an amazing example that I just started in the company that I work for. Uh, we just started sending out birthday and anniversary cards. The last three visits I did in restaurants, I had people that I don't normally talk to in lengthy conversations come up to me, have full-blown conversations, thank me so much for the card because most of them didn't get birthday cards at all, much less ones that were handwritten and mailed to their addresses. That was a deliberate gratitude campaign, and it's successful. Um, thank truth tellers for their bravery and patience it takes to bring a complaint. It takes a lot of bravery to go against the grain and to be that one employee who speaks up against their leaders. Express gratitude, men conflict. So what resonated or clarified something for you today? I'd love to hear about it. What are you going to try personally? MVEP is something that you should definitely tie into your daily routine. And um, if you guys need a copy of this, please feel free to reach out. I'll be more than happy to send you this. Uh, it's Tyler K T H A I L U R K at gmail.com. And uh, you guys have a great week. And I'll pump out another episode probably in a few days. Thanks, y'all. And that's all the time we've got for today, folks. Thank you again for listening to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. Here we try to create high-performing operators, 
we build high-performing teams, and we do our best to give you the best foot, the best leg in this restaurant industry. Hey, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast or if you have any tips or you just want to uh, talk to me, you can email me at tylerk at gmail.com. That's T-H-A-I-L-U-R-K at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.